so good to be back together, isn't it? <laughs> yes, Tommy agrees. Well, it's the season of gratitude and thanksgiving. So this morning, I want to talk about the theology of gratitude. The theology of gratitude. And here's what I mean by that. See, any, a lot of churches this morning are giving a nice speech about gratitude, and it's something that could just as easily be spoken anywhere, and not in a church, because it's wired into our human psyche that it's good for us to be grateful, right? We kind of know that. But when we think about the theology of gratitude, I'm going to talk this morning about how Christianity elevates gratitude into something that transforms us if we let it. So it's not just a nationalistic holiday that Abraham Lincoln created in, I think, 1863, I think, during a time of much civil unrest, of course. And so that's why he instituted this holiday, to kind of bring us together in gratitude and help us find common ground and things to be thankful for. And so here we are in 2020, really good time to talk about gratitude, but I want to talk about biblical gratitude, Christian gratitude. And you know, some people, uh, even, I've, I've been, I love to hear different points of view and there's also this idea that Thanksgiving is not just, you know, a national holiday. It's, it's not just a matter of uh, Butterball Turkey and Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and Charlie Brown Thanksgiving, which I love. And I'll be watching that by myself again, most likely, on Thursday. If anyone wants to join me, let me know. Any Charlie Brown appreciators in here. But some people have suggested and believe that, um, th that Thanksgiving is an evolutionary trait. Like they might actually discover some gratitude center of our brain that developed way back, you know, when one day there was this conversation. Oh, fellow hunter-gatherer, thank you for these seeds you're sharing with me. I feel something. I think I'm going to call it gratitude. Now let me do this and pass this on. And then, you know, it helped us survive. But biblical gratitude, what is it? What does it mean for the Christian to be grateful? And what, how does that look different? How is that different? Well, let's talk about, first of all, gratitude and thanksgiving. What's the difference? Here's what I think. Gratitude is the expression of thanksgiving. So thanksgiving is the feeling. Yes, even the feeling that non-believers and irreligious people, even atheists, feel. We all know we have this feeling of thankfulness. And gratitude would be the expression of thanksgiving, the expression of thanksgiving. William Arthur Ward said, feeling gratitude and not expressing it is like wrapping a present and not giving it. So we humans, we have this feeling of thankfulness when we see this amazing fiery orange sunset, right? We have this feeling of thankfulness and the question, the, the great question, the Christian question is to whom should we express our gratitude for the things we are thankful for? Now, sometimes it's obvious. Someone gives you a gift, you say thank you. It's obvious sometimes to know to whom you should thank. But for what someone on this earth did not give you, such as that beautiful sunset, 
you know, your, your family, your, your relationships, the good ones. <laughs> Who do you think? I think the God of the Bible answers this question. Who should we thank? To not give thanks appropriately to the creator, to not express gratitude for our feelings of thanksgiving, or to, to misguide them, to misdirect gratitude, I think would be something like being pulled over by a police officer. You imagine? I don't have to imagine this, actually. You're driving 25 miles over the speed limit down the highway. Police officer pulls you over. And you know, you tell him, I'm so sorry, I, this is, I'm a new driver, this is, I, I didn't see the sign, whatever. And he says, okay, I'm going to let you go this one time, but please don't do it again. I don't think I've ever, in those one or two instances-ish, I don't think I've ever said, looked up at the sky and said, oh, thank you, dear universe, for this kind gesture of mercy I mean, what an insult, what a slap in the face to that merciful officer, right? The appropriate response is, thank you so much. Maybe you cry. Maybe the mascara runs down your face and you blubber and, you know, you express your gratitude appropriately to the one who showed you mercy. So to whom would, should we show gratitude? The fact that there's this general universal idea, the fact that even atheists, that everybody has this sense of the need to express thanksgiving through gratitude, demonstrates this, and this is a quote from The Atlantic in an article titled, Gratitude Without God, Gratitude Without God. This, this Inner knowing that we should be grateful and that we should express it demonstrates, quote, an implicit metaphysical claim that humans owe their existence, their longevity, and perhaps even their daily fortunes to a being beyond ourselves. Did you hear that? People just know that humans owe their existence their longevity, and perhaps even their daily fortunes to a being beyond ourselves. And so then, if we turn to Romans 1, we see this idea that Paul writes about in, in Romans chapter 1. He confirms this, this idea that we should express our thankfulness, we should, we should be grateful to someone outside of ourselves because he is responsible for the things that we're thankful for. So Romans chapter 1. Um, where is that verse? I, I don't have my glasses. I forgot my glasses. Uh, verse 20 says, Romans chapter 1, verse 20 Paul is describing humankind, mankind. And he says, For since the creation of the world, his, that is God's invisible attributes, are clearly seen. Clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. Even his eternal power and Godhead. So that they 
are without excuse. They is anybody. Human beings are without excuse. In other words, like Tertullian said, nature is the teacher and the soul is the pupil. Anybody else ever really feel close to God in nature? Yeah, big time. Like I'm trying to talk Dave into building me a yurt or an igloo, some way that I can sleep outside all year long. I haven't convinced him yet. But it's because it's, because it's God's masterpiece. And if you want to get close to the artist, go look at his art. <laughs> Examine his artwork. That's why we feel so inspired by nature. It's because God's eternal, God's eternal power and Godhead, that's amazing. Even his eternal power and Godhead are understood by the things that are made. So this verse is telling us, okay, this is the recipient, the proper, appropriate recipient of our gratitude. And then Paul goes on to say in verse 21 of Romans 1, because although they knew God, now think of that phrase, they knew God. This is telling us that wired, in, wired into the human mind is this feeling, this inner knowing that there's someone beside me, outside of me, and it must be a someone with a capital S. There, there's, there's, some, there's someone. I was just listening to an interview with Dave Rubin. Former atheist, so he says, you know, and after traveling around with Jordan Peterson, don't assume anything about me about these names, okay? I'm just, I'm, I have stumbled upon this interview, and Dave Rubin is saying, you know, I'm not, I'm not, an, I'm not an atheist anymore. I, I, there's, there's, I've concluded there's got to be someone, there's got to be someone outside of myself. And so it's, it's neat to see this unfolding of revelation, and wisdom, what we already knew, but it's buried in there. It's been suppressed. It says they suppressed the truth. He says it right here in this chapter. But it's so neat when God, by his Holy Spirit, makes the light come on. So in verse 21, it says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify, that is, honor him as God. And this next phrase is very interesting nor were they thankful, but they became futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. I used to read that, fra read that phrase, neither were they thankful, and I thought that seems so displaced or misplaced. It just seems random, like it's just thrown in there. Why would that be the biggest indictment against humanity, against people who who do not honor God or acknowledge him. Why would the biggest judgment against them be in the same sentence, nor were they thankful? I mean, you would think it would say, nor were they merciful, nor were they loving, nor were they forgiving, right? But it says, nor were they thankful. Why is that? I think if you remove that comma and you connect it with a sentence and you bring it all together, they did not honor him as God nor were thankful. You can read it this way. They did not honor him as God, making them unthankful. Because when you don't acknowledge God, when you don't glorify him and honor him as God, you have no one to thank. Therefore, you are unthankful. Well, I should say you do not express that thanks. 
you're ungrateful. So this feeling of thanksgiving that people have, and they have no recipient for it, no object of their thanksgiving, no object of their gratitude, it's because they don't honor God. They don't recognize and glorify him for who he is. And here's the thing. To honor God, to acknowledge him as God, to glorify him as God is to acknowledge your dependence on God. And that is exactly what thanksgiving is. The expression of thanksgiving, gratitude, is acknowledging I am dependent on you for what you give me. That's why thankfulness is the, the unthankfulness is the biggest indictment against people who don't honor God. They are saying, I'm independent, I don't need God, thank you very much. And that makes them unthankful. We might th- they might think they're, thank- they're thankful because they have this feeling of um, appreciation for beauty, for the good things in life, but who to thank? Who to thank? William Jennings Bryan said, on Thanksgiving Day, We acknowledge our dependence. Think of that. We acknowledge our dependence, and I would add, on God. You see, that would mean that constant thanksgiving is the mark of a Christian. I'll say that again a different way. The mark of a Christian is constant thanksgiving expressed through gratitude. Colossians 2, verse 6 and 7. Colossians 2, verses 6 and 7 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught. So he's first, he's... he's um, He's described what a Christian is, as someone who is rooted and built up in Jesus and established. And then he's going to show us what that looks like to be established, to be established in the faith. What does it look like? Boom, there it is, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Abounding with thanksgiving. The mark of a true Christian is constant thanksgiving and gratitude. Did you know it's impossible to be unhappy and grateful at the same time. Try it. You can't. You have to be one or the other. Yeah. You can't be unhappy and grateful at the same time. When my kids were little, you know, and they were like two, you'll find this out soon enough, you know, they would, they would disobey, and I'd, I'd put them in a timeout chair. And they'd be all mad and stomping their feet and moping and moaning and groaning. And not one time did they ever stop and say, well, you do feed me and clothe me and give me shelter. I guess I'm grateful now. They never did that. (laughs) We can't be unhappy and grateful at the same time. See, that's why I don't think happiness is the opposite of unhappiness. I think gratefulness is the opposite of unhappiness. I'll say that again. The opposite of unhappiness is not happiness. It's gratefulness. Here's why. If you make happiness your goal, you may never feel grateful. But if you make gratefulness your goal, you could end up being happy as a result of your gratefulness. You cannot be unhappy and grateful at the same time. So, 
for the next few minutes, I want to talk about the levels of Thanksgiving and ask you, what is your level of Thanksgiving? Because I think there are levels. There are degrees. And as we grow in Christ, we can grow. We should grow by definition of growing in Christ. We should grow in Thanksgiving. So what is your level of Thanksgiving? What is mine? See, I think you can be a nominal Christian. You know, that's your standard. Uh, Yes, I live in America. Uh, I I go to church when I can. I believe, like we sing, I believe, yep, I do all this stuff. I say all this stuff. You can be a nominal Christian and give God thanks for past and present blessings. That's one level of thanksgiving. You don't even have to be a Christian to give God thanks. You can assume maybe he's there for blessings, for the good things in your life. And yes, that's thanksgiving. And we certainly should give God thanks for past and present blessings. Psalm 103 says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his, do you know it? benefits, his blessings. The Psalms are replete with admonition to thank God for his goodness, his mercy, his loving kindness. It's all through the Psalms. So that's one level of thanksgiving, and that's a pretty easy level, right? That's like beginner beginner level thanksgiving. (laughs) I could do that. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Hashtag blessed. (laughs) Remember that? (laughs) but then there's this other level as we grow we begin to realize that the authentic christian those who have a real living daily hourly communion with god who are in tune with him we begin to thank god not only for blessings but for trials and tribulations, for affliction, for discomfort, for inconvenience, for the things that have happened that were not in the plan. Is this possible? Is it appropriate? Does it make sense? Can we get there? Is it true? Should we thank God, even express our gratitude for past and present trials and tribulations? Oh, yes. The Bible calls this the sacrifice of thanksgiving. That's why it's a sacrifice. Because I don't feel like thanking God for things that are going wrong. It's a sheer act of my will, forcing my lips and tongue to say the words, I Thank you, Lord. I don't understand this, and I don't like it, and I actually hate it. But I know you are in it. This did not take you by surprise. You have even orchestrated this for my growth, for my understanding, for my wisdom. And so I thank you. I thank you. And voicing that is the gratitude. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. doesn't say rejoice when things are good. Rejoice when you feel like it. Rejoice when it's convenient. When jo- rejoice when everything is going fantastic. No. 
Rejoice always. I looked that up in the Greek, and yeah, it means always. Pray without ceasing. And I think when we do that, pray without ceasing, the thanksgiving comes. In everything, give thanks. I looked that up too, the original text. It does mean everything. I just wanted to be sure. Like, did we miss something here? King Jimmy, did he miss something in translation? Because I don't really want to always give thanks. <laughs> Not in everything. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. For you and for me. Ephesians 5.20. Ephesians 5.20. Giving thanks Always for all things. There's those words again. Ah, those words. They're so annoying. Giving thanks always for all, for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. But then James in verse James chapter 1 and verse 2, James 1, 2 tells us why we should and can. Give thanks for all things. James 1, verse 2, my brethren, my sisters, count it all joy, all joy, when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work so that you may be perfect and complete Lacking nothing. Anybody want to go on to perfection? And, and, th and that simply means being, that, that means, you know, we'll be, we will be perfected one day when we're glorified, you know, when we're resurrected. We will be. But God wants us to go on toward that now. But it's only as we fall into various trials, only if we count it all joy. I remember very clearly, I've probably shared this story many times, when my kids were small, it was so hard. I was exhausted. You know, they were driving me crazy. And I remember bending over to pick up a wet towel off the floor. I was so mad. Like, yeah, I can't even keep my house clean. I'm bending over. And this came to me, this verse. Let patience have its perfect work. That, it, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's another place that says, all our, our light afflictions are but for a moment. Let them work for you. And I felt like God said, oh, you're, you're either going to let this work for you or you're not. Like, you can go ahead and let this trial be wasted. Whatever you're going through, we get to choose. This trial is either going to be wasted and I'm not going to grow or get a thing out of it, or I'm going to let it work for you. And how do we let it work for us? Thankfulness, gratitude. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for what you're doing in this. I have no idea, but I trust you. See, if you know you're good, you can trust him. I trust you. I trust you. I trust that you are working this for my good, and so therefore I can thank you. I can count it all joy. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while... If need be, see that phrase means if somehow God thinks it needs be. Though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. I think this means that when we see him, when we stand before him someday and he's unveiled before our eyes in all of his glory, and so will we be, it says in 1 John, there's going to be this, this praise, honor, and glory at the realization that, wow, my faith was tested, and look how I came out by his grace. All that thanksgiving and gratitude amounted to purging and burning away the dross. <laughs> Pure gold. The genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes. See, we want the gold that perishes. We want, we want everything to work out, and they are usually mostly things that aren't, we can't take with us. And this is saying that your faith is so much more precious that's the thing that's lasting. The spirit-filled Christian. Now, so those are two things, two levels of thanksgiving, right? We thank God for the blessings, the benefits. Easy peasy. I got that. I can do that. But as we grow in the Lord, we begin to realize we can thank him for the trials and tribulations, at least in them. In them. But there's something else. There is something else. There's this whole other level. There's this kind of gratitude and thanksgiving that the truly spirit-filled Christian can have. When you are so filled with the Holy Spirit to overflowing, so saturated in God, when his spirit just overflows from your life, when you are so in tune with him, there's this different language you begin to develop, and it causes you to not only thank God for the good things, to not only thank God for the bad things past and present, but it causes you, listen to this, saints in 2020, it causes us to thank God for what is to come, for what is to come. See, we're supposed to be imitators of God. Well, what does God say? What does he do? Romans 4, 17. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So we copy him. We say what he says. We say what is if, if he says all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Okay, that's what I'm going to say. We begin to speak the things that he speaks. We can thank him for what is to come. Revelation eleven seventeen. It speaks of these beings around the throne. And I won't go into that. You know, it's kind of symbolic. But there's, there's these beings around the throne of God. And their, their constant eternal cry and song is, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. This is the culmination of the kingdom of God. So we can begin to speak that in thanksgiving. You have taken your great power and reigned. Lord, I thank you that you reign over every circumstance in our nation and in my life, and in my home and in my job, and in my school, and at my workplace, and in my marriage, and in my children. You have taken your great power and reigned. God, you reign. 
I thank you for what is to come. I thank you for the good things that are to come. I thank you for what you are going to do out of this. I thank you for the hope and triumph. I thank you for the answers. And you name the specific things that you are thankful for that have not happened yet. Is this some name it and claim it prosperity gospel? Some hyper faith confession? No, that's, that's like a Christian new age visual, visual, visualization movement. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about a real faith that rises up in you and causes you to just trust Romans 8, 28. All things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I thank you, Lord, that all things, even this thing, is somehow, even though I can't even imagine how, is going to work together for good. Because I love you, and I know you've called me with a purpose. You want to know what Christian Thanksgiving looks like? Christian Thanksgiving? Here's your homework assignment for this week if you want one. Because I'm not going to have, I don't have time to go into it now, but you go home and you read Acts 16. You read about Paul and Silas. Paul and Silas, they get thrown in jail for preaching the gospel and setting a woman free from demons. That was their crime. They're stripped of their clothing, they're beaten, and they're, it says their feet were in the stocks. And they're thrown in jail, chained. And it says, at midnight, you know what that tells me? It tells me they couldn't sleep because beaten and chained. They're probably sitting. It says, at midnight, they started expressing gratitude, thanksgiving. They started giving thanks and praise to God through song. And it says, the prisoners heard them. What would happen if you and I, the church, in 2020 started expressing thanksgiving in such a way that the spiritual prisoners out there, people who don't have God, who are bound by sin, what would happen if they heard you and I sing a different song? And God help us. God help us sing the right song. What would happen if they heard us expressing True thanksgiving. They weren't thanking God for the blessings. There's not a lot of blessings in that situation. But they were thanking God for his goodness, his mercy, his power, and his love. Oh, thank you, Lord, that we're worthy to suffer for your name. And they're singing and praising. And I tell you what, it so moved the heart of God. He says, I think I'm just going to send them an earthquake. Like, let's just be done with this. I haven't done a quake in a while. Just shake things. I mean, it just moved the heart of God. Who knows what earth-shaking things can happen in our lives if we really begin to thank God in the hard times? Who knows? It moves the heart of God when we express thanksgiving no matter what. Maybe this week could be a brand new Thanksgiving for you and I. A true spiritual giving of thanks such as we have never expressed before. I think 2020 is a really good year to discover true Thanksgiving for the first time. And so here's what I want to do. 
Uh, Chris, could I have you distribute those? I think we do we have enough? Okay. We're going to close with communion just in these last couple minutes. Because if we can first give thanks to God for the amazing gift that he gave to us in his son, it says in Romans 5, how shall he not then freely give us all things if he gave us his very life? Yes. Absolutely. And by the way, if you haven't done this before, make sure you lift the clear cellophane first. If you need another one, raise your hand. We'll give you another one. You try to lift the colored part, you'll you'll mess it up. <laughs> I found that out. So we lift the clear cellophane tab first. That releases the wafer underneath first. Yeah, if you need another one, it's really okay. We've we've got enough. Anybody need a, need to do it again? It's all right. Okay. Sure. Yeah, I, I don't know who's back there, but sure. First Corinthians 11, verse 23. First Corinthians 11, verse 23. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And listen to what it says next. When he had given thanks. Do you hear that? On the night he's betrayed, Jesus gives thanks. On the night he's betrayed, Jesus gives thanks. He broke it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do we have something here in our hand for which we can be thankful? It represents the body of Jesus broken for us. He is worthy. He is worthy to be honored, praised, and thanked, and glorified. And Father God, we do give you thanks for your body broken for us so that we can be whole. So that we can be whole. For that, we thank you, and we receive this bread together. Go ahead.
1 Corinthians 11.25 says, In the same manner he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Are we thankful for the blood shed for us on Calvary? Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this blood, that, this uh, cup that represents your blood that cleanses us and washes us. No more striving, no more trying to be okay in our own strength. You bore our sin on the cross in your body and you gave us your righteousness in which we can rest and be free. What gratitude. What gratitude we have for you, Lord. What thanksgiving. We're thankful. We thank you. And we receive this cup remembering what you did for us on the cross. Thank you. Let's partake together. Amen. All right, right before we're dismissed, Jean is going to share something really quick.